Hey, everybody. How are you? I hope this finds you well. I hope everything in your week is landing in its right place. We, we miss you, but I have good news. So we are doing one last run uh, for the for the year. We've got, I mean, we've got a couple of shows here and there, but like as far as like a sprint of shows, this is going to be our last one, and we're so stoked that it's in our old stomping grounds. So we're talking October 7th in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, October 8th in Jackson, Mississippi, October 9th in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and October 10th in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, I can't, I don't have to tell you how excited we are because you know, anytime we get to go back to this part of the country, we are over the moon about it. This is where we grew up. This is, this is where like we have family. This is, this is the place that we, that we earned our stripes, I would say. So if you can come, we would love to see you. Uh, There's, we're playing at Sneaky Bean in Jackson. We're playing at Druid City in Tuscaloosa playing at Thirsty Hippo outside in Hattiesburg and the legendary Callahan's in Mobile. And we just love to see you. We have a, an awesome episode of the podcast today. Uh, I've really loved kind of ditching the TV show talk and kind of getting to the meat of our lives and our marriage and the things that matter to us. And this week, we, I wanted to take time. This, this thing happens at our show sometimes where people will come up to Aaron after a show it's a very specific type of person, but they will basically tell Aaron, when are you going to open up? When are you going to do the thing that I think that musicians are supposed to do? And I think they, I think they mean well when they say that. I don't think that they're trying to attack my wife. I think they think that they are giving her advice that she's never gotten before. And then Aaron and I will get in the, in the car on our way to the next town and she'll go, why do they think they can just say that to me? And it used to, it used to resonate with me differently. I used to be like, they're saying they love you. And what is a better compliment than saying, I want more of you. And that's whenever I realized that I'm saying that as an extrovert, I'm saying that as someone that is very into attention. I'm saying that as the biggest ham on the planet. Aaron is not though. Imagine being a musician where your job is to perform for people in front of an audience to show them all your cards every night as an introvert. It's a very, it's a completely different way to be. And I never took, I never, I never took inventory of that. I never looked at Erin and the way that she is and her occupation and went, wait, this has got to be tricky. How do you manage this? And then I got fascinated by it. Once I realized that what they were really saying was, you're not enough, it made me realize it's because they don't get her and they're not paying enough attention. So I started paying better attention. And that's what we talked about on the podcast today. I don't have to tell you how much I love the woman that I married. I gush over her all the time. I've had, I've had people come up to me and they say, it's got to be an act. You, there's no way you're that into your wife. And they're wrong. It is 100% true. And even I am amazed at how sometimes I will get taken off guard because I miss it. So on the podcast, Aaron and I sit down today and we talk about the differences in, I mean, music is the main vessel, but in life, the biggest differences in her introverted world and my extroverted world, how we cope with those things, how do we, how do we navigate those muddy waters? 
and it's a really great conversation. Whatever we ended the podcast, Aaron and I looked at each other and we were like, that was real therapeutic for us. That was really good. And I, I'm, I'm honored that we get to share that with you and that you get to listen in. If you want the other half of the podcast, which is equally as amazing this week, is you go to over to our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash ojeremiah, and you can get full access to it. Every time we release a podcast, we release a second half of the podcast. And this week, we talk about grief and how we kind of overcome it. And this season in particular has felt like, maybe, maybe this isn't true for you. It is definitely true for us. I feel like everything is changing all the time. Right whenever I start feeling like, oh, finally, I'm getting my bearings. I can make it through this. I feel like another thing changes, and I'm right back where I was. But we will make it through. And that's basically what Aaron and I work towards on the uh, on the second half of this episode. So if you want that, head over to ojeremiahtalks.com or go to patreon.com slash ojeremiah. We also have a music tier. We have two unreleased songs on there right now that we're getting ready to release. We don't even know when we're going to release them. But... One's a cover and one is uh, our next single. And then we have, you know, a ton of other stuff. I have vlogs. I have, we have covers. It's, it's, it, it all happens on Patreon. It is our favorite way to share content. And it's been just such a life-giving thing over the pandemic. So if that's interesting to you, head over to Patreon. Well, that's it. Let's jump into this episode. Thank you all for showing up. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the other side. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. I will kill together. Yeah. I would like to start today by reliving a moment that has been happening on stage over pandemic, specifically. Oh, okay. So you said it for the first time when we were in Bluffton, South Carolina. The battery thing? Yes. So we're on stage. We're about to start your song. And your song is one of the most powerful moments of our set. That's nice of you. And it's, I mean, every night it is. And for this show in particular, it had that electricity in a crowd where, like, we're really dialed in. And I could yeah. tell that you felt the freedom to be honest and to, to no end. For some reason that night, I felt very uh, seen and understood. Right. And so I felt safe to kind of explain all of it. Yes. And that's exactly what I want to talk about. Because in that moment, we were going to start that song. Yeah. And you said, you're looking at me from the audience. And what you don't know is that my battery oftentimes is draining the second I step on stage. Yeah. That's almost the fastest way it can drain. Yes. And when I stepped on stage, I was at like 70. Because I had saved it for the day. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And by the time at the end of our set, I will be drained to 5%. Yeah. What a weird profession you went into. Thanks. I'm just thinking a lot about how different we are in yeah. that world specifically. Well, it's got to be worth it. It's got to be worth it. Yeah. So in, in our time as musicians, we've had this reoccurring thing, and we've talked about it on the podcast before. I, I gave the odds last night explaining it to friends. I said one in 10, but I think if I'm more accurate, it's probably one in 15 shows this will happen. Because honestly, can I, like something that freaks me out that – like, if you hear it enough, you start to wonder if they're right. Yes. But I don't hear it enough to wonder that. And I also think that they're missing it. Yes. So the okay. thing that you... And I don't think I'm... I don't think that's my insecurity talking. I think that's honest. 
So the thing that you're talking about yeah. <laughs> is one out of every 15 shows, a very specific type of person will come up to you after a show and they'll say, I can't wait until you come out of your shell. They'll say, I just want more. Um, you're great. I just really want you to go for it. I just want you to go for That's it. That's what they say. And what you hear, I think rightfully so, is you're still not enough. Mm. It's still not enough. Yeah. So what we're really you're not like, or I also hear, um, you look uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. No one's ever said that to me. Right. (laughs) No one has ever looked at me and said, "Hey, Jeremiah, can we get a little bit more from you?" Yeah. I was born the most, Mm -hmm. and I have never needed more. That's so funny. To anyone. Yeah. If anything, I have the opposite problem. Some people say you're just too much, which I totally get. Mm. So we have, from the beginning of our career battled with this totally separated world of introverted you, extroverted me. Yeah. And what our role is in the world of performing, in the world of existing as a person, balancing these two totally different worlds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like over pandemic, you've had a really good chance to lean into that more than you ever have. Really? I think so. Do you not agree with that? Um, I, maybe I've just like, I think I've developed better language for it. Would you say? I would say. And I, I think you explaining backwards heart on stage was kind of the beginning of that. Yeah. Cause I used to kind of like quickly joke about it being about me being an introvert, but I think Bluffton was the first time that I really uh-huh. explained what that meant. Like, yeah, okay. Everyone probably knows I'm an introvert now, or even just watching our set for like five minutes, you probably know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but it just felt like I needed to explain it more. I mean, is there part of me that's explaining it so that I don't get that one in 15 occurrence? Probably. Probably. But also, I don't I don't hate it as much as I used to because it's an opportunity for me to explain what an introvert is to someone. Yes. And I I, I don't this might be this might be a little like over the top, I don't know. But part of me feels like I was, part of me feels like I was like destined to be in a band with you to give a voice to introverts. Yes. I feel like that's part of like, I I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like that's just like part of what I'm supposed to do. Yes. And I think it's, it's never been an introvert that came up and said they want more from you. And when I'm in the audience and there's like one or two shows I can picture very specifically who I'm referring to. I can still picture their faces. You're singing your song. You're telling your story. And they're like openly weeping in the audience. And I don't think that I I think there's an element of that that's like, wow, this is really beautiful. This is really moving. But I think a a much more realistic part of it is I see me up there now. Mm. And I don't think there is an extrovert in the world that needs someone to speak for them. Mm. Because, like, if there's one thing an extrovert can do, it's speak. And I may be totally off base there because mm, I've never yeah. had that. I'm sure there's, like, a there's someone that has had life harder that needs help in that way. But what I mean is an extrovert by nature can speak up. Yeah. At least typically. Yeah. And I like the idea that you are doing that on behalf of introverts everywhere by standing up on stage and saying you can have both if yeah. you know yourself and take care of yourself enough. Yeah. Because I don't. I I think we'll be performing when we're like old and I'll still, 
I might still even, I could see people still saying that I needed to do more. Well, I remember even whenever my dad met you, my dad is very much like me. Uh, he is very loud, very bubbly. I almost said bouncy. He's not bouncy. <laughs> I He's got call bad him knees. Bouncy. Uh, he, he's against bouncing in general. But I remember him thinking, oh, she doesn't like me because she's not talking to me. Oh, he did? Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, she, like, she'll warm up to me or she'll whatever, which is true because you need to know it's worth it to give that energy away. Exactly. Yeah. And also with an extrovert, they'll give you the energy, like they'll do the work because yeah. like it, it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah. Like my battery is solar powered. It mm. feels like, you know, yeah. if anything, I have to find a way to disconnect it so yeah. that way I can get real rest. But I just know from the time my dad met you, my first thought was, oh, Aaron is misunderstood. And I think whenever we're playing a show and that person comes up, that very extroverted person that tells you you need to do more, it's because they don't get you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've been thinking about it a lot lately of uh, why, like, this is kind of like whenever I, I'm like up at midnight, 1 a.m. and I, I like can't sleep and these are like the things that are going around my head. Uh, I just have like, sometimes I feel like at that time of night, I have like a lot of clarity on how I feel. Yeah. And I've just been thinking a lot about how um, a lot of people would say things like, or even as a kid, whenever someone would say, oh, I'm just, it's so cool that you're, you've just like really come out of your shell. And I, that used to bother me so bad, or it still does. Like, I, I don't like that phrase because that's saying, or I feel like that could be saying, Oh, I'm getting a taste of your extrovert energy. Yeah. But like when you see me in those moments of like having more energy or just like feeling energized, feeling um, the space and like comfort to like open up more, that's not because I've grown in confidence or I've grown in certain areas. It's just because I've like I've at the older I get, the more I know how to balance my energy. Right. And so there are still nights where I have to fight you on, like, I'll be like, I don't really have the energy to sing backwards hard tonight. Yeah. And, you know, I push through because I know that, that it is like a, a cool moment for some people and I want to like be able to give that. But sometimes it, it's like the most exhausting thing because I don't want to be like looked at. And for someone that is an extrovert, that would love to have a song that goes over the way Backwards Heart does. Like I, you know, whenever we wrote that song, because that's the only song that you and I have written together. Yeah. And the reason why we wrote it together is because I can't speak for you completely, you know? Like yeah. I know you. I, I think I can do a good impression of you, but I can't speak for you. Yeah. And that song helped me understand that it's not just about like, no, she, you got to do it because the crowd loves it and because I love it. Don't you get how great it is that you have this moment in the show? And you're like, I, I remember you told me that moment in the show is not why I do this. I do this because I love this. And if you want me to continue loving it, you have to honor my needs. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that we, we live in a world that honors the extrovert right now. Mm -hmm. Everything is totally performative. When I think about TikTok or social media, everything is done like for your personal brand 
for all, I mean, we've like, I don't even have to say it. We all know what I'm talking about. It's just everything is like Bo Burnham says. It's like we're performing for each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't notice that because I have the energy for it. It's never it's never been a hindrance to me. Yeah. But you you said it earlier when we were talking before the podcast. You're just like, I'm just so tired from life itself right now that I don't have the bandwidth to to do all those other things I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And that's why, like, in performing as an introvert, like, I always thought, like, oh, it's it's holding her back. But it's not. It helps you tune in to those moments. Yeah. Because when I'm on stage, I, I don't take inventory of myself at all. Yeah. I'm jumping around in my head and I'm I'm hardly present in those kind of moments. But you are more tuned in to an audience than I could ever hope to be. Mm. And tuned into a venue and a space. Like you you absorb the whole space. Yeah. I think that's with my sensitivities too. I can just kind of like pick up what everyone's feeling. Yeah. Which is exhausting on its own. Yeah. It um you said something earlier that reminded me of our differences. I mean, I know there's like, it's so obvious to the to people that see us. Um, now, well, the, another thing I want to address is that like, I know there are obviously only, only good intentions by these 1 in 15 that happen. Yeah. It's not a, it's not an attack on me. It's not, or they don't want it to be an attack on me. They don't. They're not trying to like tell me how I should be. Right. They're they're really like, oh man, I I need to give her this so that she knows what she has is valuable and that she needs to share it with people. Like people like really need to hear that. So like I see that and I honor that. Um and so it's less painful than it used to be because I can understand their perspective of that. Well, it, there's been a very recent shift for you because at the beginning it was why are they calling me out? Why is it, why are they asking more of me? Why am I not enough? And recently it's changed to introverts just have it harder in this way because introverts aren't seen for what they are. It's always like, you need to be more, you need to do this. You mm-hmm. need. So it, it recently specifically, it's felt much more like you are acting on behalf of your cohort. Yeah. And it's really, it's really fun to watch that. Because you're more than willing to go, I mean, I will represent my people. Yeah. Because at the second you stopped making it about you and you started making it about your people, you stood up for your people. Yeah. Because for the first time at, at one of our shows recently, that woman was almost heckling you. Oh, she was in the front row. I would say she was. Yeah, I would say she was too. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good correction. So she was heckling you saying, so our shows are intimate. Like... You know, if if there's more than 100 people at an O.J. Jeremiah show, it's like everyone can understand what the heckler is saying. Yes. It's like a very intimate it's experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we played small rooms and right. we it's a very like connected experience. Like we are conversating with. Is that the verb? We are having conversations with the audience. Yeah. And there's this woman that is drunk and heckling and is literally saying to you, we want more from you, Aaron. Like she's literally saying the thing. Yeah. And you said from stage, you should go see Taylor Swift. She will do the things that you want her to do. Yeah. And that's and, not a diss to her. Like, no, I, we love Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift is an amazing artist and she can, she's figured out how to deliver in that way. Yeah. 
And if you want that, that exists. I'm I'm never I'm never gonna give you that. Yeah, and it's yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, that's the, fine. Because it, needs, it, it, it needs is one out okay. of fifteen. Everyone's a critic. Yada yada yada. Whatever. But it is very cool to see you be like you. I think you do a better job sticking up for other people, the introverts, mm -hmm. than you do yourself. Because I think you know that you can take a punch and you don't have to, yeah. you know. Well, something else I realized is, like, I think uh, another reason why they're doing it as, like, they think it's, like, a service to me or, like, they think it's, like, really going to be beneficial. Right. Is because we are, our, OG Jeremiah is not at, like, a really big level. Right. And so I think that they truly believe that if I did more, we would get noticed. Right. Or something. Yeah. Like, I think that they think that. I think that they're like, oh, they're not famous yet because you're not, like, you could be giving more. Right. And that would, whatever. Well, I remember. And I just don't, I, I that's, one, that's not true. Well, I remember. Because if, sorry, if I were, if we were at that level that I'm referring to and I performed the way that I do, like, I think of kind of like your Alison Krauss or like your. I mean, there are plenty of artists that are like very. No one's ever um, told Nora Jones to be more. Yeah, exactly. Right. So ex that's exactly my point. Like, yeah. like no one's correcting them because they've quote made it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sorry, yeah. We were in New York and we were playing the show, and that woman that it's a very specific type of woman, and we can usually see them in the crowd. They're usually behaving a certain way in the crowd, and we're like, that's going to be one of them. Mm -hmm. And after the show she chased you to the green room, but you escaped and you ran in and I wasn't quick enough. And she got, and she like physically grabbed me. This was before, She would have waited for us to come out. Yeah. This yeah. was before pandemic. So she's like grabbing me and pulling me in and breathing on me. And she says, you need to let your wife sing more. As if you were controlling. As me. if, cause it, that's, that's another part of it is that that's people a very hurtful assume, part to you. Yeah. That's, it's really yeah. hurtful to me because the thing I've started saying is, I know that you like her. I love her. Mm -hmm. I'm her biggest fan. Totally. You, don't even, you have no idea. Well, and I also think that your version of respecting me is is what we do. Yeah. Is Which the is, level that I participate. I would write you a whole album to sing if you wanted that. Yeah, and I think that's something I'm going to add to uh, <laughs> to my Bluffton speech that I've done. You know, Sorry, were you done? No. Oh, go ahead. Um, but uh, I enjoyed you. Go, we'll go in that direction if you'd like. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she comes up to me and she grabs me and she says, you need to let your wife sing more. And I say, uh, ma'am, I, I appreciate I, what you think that you are saying. Uh, my wife sings as much as she wants to sing. I, I'm not keeping her from singing. She is happy with the, le the amount she sang this evening. Yeah. And she goes, you don't understand. You have to let her sing more. And I said, again, and I'm starting to get a little pissed off. And I say, again, uh, I am not keeping my wife from doing anything. And she said, she has a talent New York has never seen. And I said, I mean, I agree. I think she's the best, which is why I married her. And then she said, God told me to tell you to let your wife sing more. Mm -hmm. And I think back at that. And I selfishly, I want to say, I want to say to her in the past, um, I don't know that voice in your head, but it can't be God because I'm not holding her back from anything. Yeah. But what I took from it in that moment was she thinks that she is helping us on a cosmic level. Yeah. Yeah. Like she thinks that you are like 
your untapped extrovertedness is the thing that's keeping us yes. from heaven's gates. Yes. And that's and it's not dramatic. That's what she said. Yeah, it's it's in, it's. And there's been like little glimpses of that everywhere we go. So, yeah, I just I think Bluffton is such a an awesome reference point and a gift in that I uh, said exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. It it also helped that it worked. I mean, because we literally like we had a really big line of people afterwards to talk to us. Yeah. And no one. It, it didn't become that moment where they said I needed to do more. But I, because I kind of, it landed as a joke, but I explained the battery thing and I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Sometimes after a show, fully good intentioned people will come up to me and say that I needed to do more than that. And and I was like, but what what they don't understand is I'm literally giving you all that I can. This is all that I can right now. Right. And, it, and so... And everyone like laughed, but it just, I felt very heard. Yeah. And I think it's something like if I feel safe enough to do it, again, like I'll say it again. You know what I mean? And, um, uh, I would, yeah, I'm going to try to say it again whenever I like feel, feel good in those moments enough to like read the room and say it. Cause I, I think I just read the room really well that night. Like I was just more in tune with them. We both were like, that was just like a, just wanted just like an amazing time yeah and um using the phone battery thing like i i told them i was like you know like i started at this i'm like here now like lol um and then in that line of people after the show someone like joked about what number i was probably at now and they were even so considerate of just like not taking too much from me then yeah um i and i it also helps i think you know if a couple comes to a show and then one of the partners is like an introvert themselves, they can, I think there's like grow a growing like understanding of what it is to be an introvert, even for extroverts. If they're like partnered with someone that's an introvert, because they're like, Oh, I can totally see that in this person. And like, I, I can understand that. Um, so yeah, I think some people could be like, well, then why are you doing this? profession like why are you on stage then if you don't have enough to give well i think in our in our marriage there is so many gifts that come from me being an extrovert and you being an introvert like i help encourage you into things that that lift you up and you help keep me from things that will burn me out yeah there are moments in that where you you look out for me when i can't see it and i look out for you when you can't see it it's one of the gifts of being married to the opposite of you in the same way in our music career i would rehearse until i'm blue in the face i would go out and talk to fans after shows until like it's 1 a.m every night and then wake up wondering why I have no energy to do it the night after or whatever, you know? And I think we forget that music was, was designed to be this universal language that we, that we can express these things without words. And like, it is some, it is a language we all understand and it's become this thing where it's like, you have to look like this. If you want to seat at the table, you have to behave this way. If you want to seat at the table. Yeah. And the world moved in a direction that left introverts behind. And really what you're saying is, no, no, I'm doing the thing that I agreed to, which is music. 
I, I never signed up for all of those things that you're expecting of me. Yeah. And I think that's why introverts have a seat at the table is because music by, by nature is not an extroverted activity. Yeah. I think, I think you're showcasing the music that you have been born with and that is not an extroverted activity. Yeah. And the way you do it is just as beautiful in a completely different way. Yeah. So what, when you think about it, what would you tell an introverted musician that's trying to get in your position? Mm. Like a younger Yeah, someone. like or baby Aaron. Like what would you say to like maybe not like little kid Aaron, but mm. when you were 21 and we were about to start this band, like. Yeah. I guess like it can look how you want it to look like and like it can you're gonna think that you're doing something wrong and that like you're gonna start to believe that maybe you aren't famous or you haven't reached a pinnacle of your career because you haven't been acting a certain way yeah but that's just not that's not true yeah and I don't I don't know what our career is supposed to end up like you know I can't see what it's gonna be like yeah um but like if it's only ever this I think you and I would be perfectly content. I think so too. And I think we found a way to make this a really healthy way of life balance, for us. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, I, growing in confidence is okay for yourself. You don't have to do it for other people. Mm. Say that. Yeah. Retweet that. Yeah. And I think that that's what I got confused by of like, who am I growing for? Yeah. You know? And I feel like this has been a really great era of growth for the sake of growth in you. Like, I'm growing for no other reason than, I'm than I want to be more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It's been, it's been, I don't know what to, I haven't thought about. That's a really good question though. Of like what I would say to myself then. Well, I just remember I there really were a lot of it. long conversations on interstates going from town to town Yeah. and you saying, do you think I have to act that way? Like, do I have to do that? Yeah. And I think if we're honest, there are probably situations where that kind of behavior would benefit us. But I think we would both agree that if that's what it takes, we'd rather not have it. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel this way. Since I was 11, I knew I wanted music. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want music for the sake of my dignity. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not. Like, yeah. to me, music is how I found out who I am. The last thing I'm going to do is become someone else to get more music. Why yeah. would I do that? Some another thought I just had is like, uh, like I'm I am certain there are so many big artists, big famous artists out there that are introverts, right? Right. Um, but something that I'm just kind of realizing, like, I if I like envision like a dream show of like where we're playing to like thousands of people. I can see myself bringing more energy to that. 
and that being less draining because I know I don't have to interact with every individual afterwards. Right. At some point, all those faces blend into one. And it just doesn't. Well, and also like you probably don't know them on a personal level right. level. And like that's draining in it in itself being on stage in like a completely different way. But like I can see some people being like introverted them doing their thing and then stepping off their stage, walking to their bus, not having to interact with anyone afterwards. Right. You know? Right. And so I can see that's how you can be more of a, of an energetic performance or performer. If you know, you have that space after I don't have that space after. Right. I have to interact with every single face that I saw whenever I was up there. Right. And that is, sometimes we play such intimate shows that it is that, I'm, oh, I'm going to literally have to speak to every one of you. Yeah. And that's, that's so much. It's just, an, just a thought I had. Because um, I, I can already anticipate, I mean, hopefully our career, I mean, we would be content if it stayed the same, but like, hopefully it does continue to grow. Yeah. And I could see us being in that position one day and someone that went to an O. Jeremiah show in 2016 coming up and just being like oh my goodness like you you have just really come out of, <laughs> right you have really you were so much different than you used to be whenever we started right and i i think i'd be healthy enough to like laugh it off because i know what actually happened yeah but um i can see that being a thing of just like oh my goodness look how different you are on stage and you're like actually it's really nice because i don't have to speak to any of you afterwards <laughs> right but it's also, I, th- I think there's a big part of this that is people are going to see what they want to see. Yeah. And, and they want to be able to say, oh, whenever she used to be quiet, I, right. I knew them then. Right. Uh, isn't that funny? I'm like predicting something that hasn't even happened. Another thing I want to cover, uh, we had this conversation, or like our friend Grayson talked about this one time. The guy that shoots our videos. He does our videos. He, um, he told me once, because we, we've done four videos with him. No, I think we've done more than that. Or maybe, I don't know, but... On, like, the third one, he was like, yeah, Aaron, it's really cool because... Five. Sorry, I couldn't relax. No, I know. Go ahead. On the third one, I think that's still accurate. He was like, I feel like um, I'm starting to get to know you. And, like, you're you're really cool. And it's, like, really cool to, like, get to, like, see who you you are. Yeah. He's like, "Um, it's taken some time for me to, like... Because we didn't really hang out with him besides the videos. It would be, like... We would do like a crash few days of just like the most like almost instant roommates thing with all of this, the, the, um, the crew right. for a few days for each video. And by the third one, he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually like seeing Aaron now. And I think it goes back to like what you were saying of like with your dad of I have to trust that you want me to show up. Yeah. And like I have to decide if it's like if I'm not really going to know you on an intimate level or like a very like deep understanding way if it's just like a one-off like I'm probably not going to give my time to you yeah because and I'm not trying to be mean I'm just like have the energy to spare it's got to be it's got to be worth the risk because I have to almost like save it for the people in my tight circle right and um I think that's what your dad could have been experiencing and like uh and like what people don't know. And but I thought that Grayson did a really good job of like seeing me and like and not criticizing me for that small for that slow shift. Right. But instead being like, oh, I can see that like um time is what you needed and 
and that's great. I'm here for it. Well, and I also want to say that my dad ended up falling in love with you and feeling like. Oh yeah, I yeah. I think I feel under, I feel like understood by your dad now. Yeah, no, no, I know, but it like, it, you. If if I could look at that woman that comes up at the show every fifteen shows or whatever, and I could put my dad's face on her and look at look at her experience through my dad's experience, it's so much more helpful to me because my dad filled in the blank of who he thought you were to make himself more comfortable. Yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is if I'm this woman in the audience and I'm thinking, oh, if she would just open up, I think what they think is that you want to open up but can't. But the reality is, is you opened up doesn't look the way they thought it would. Like I haven't been given the right compliments to like to to push that needle forward. Right. And also like your dad has never said those things to me. He's mm. never he's never verbally been like, I need more of you. Right. He's never done that. I can just tell like he's just been very perplexed by me from the you, start. Because you could look at Scotty and go, homie, you're enough all by yourself. <laughs> you do not need anything from me. Well, he really he listens to me really well. Yeah. Like I can, you know. Yeah. Which is cool. Well, I I love you mm -hmm. for your introverted self. Thank you. And on behalf of introverts everywhere, I'm I'm just glad that I get to see you move the, you know, carry the torch of introverted yeah. musicians, you know. Quiet is a really good book. Quiet's a really good book. Uh if you are uh, on the Enneagram, if you're familiar with your number, there's a lot of like really good uh, literature there on your quietness, mm -hmm. like listening to the nine podcast specifically on like energy and that kind of stuff on Annie Downs, any a summer was yeah. really helpful to me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, I had another resource I was going to give and I forgot. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all right. Uh, I was just going to wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're going to jump over to Patreon. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's, yeah, this has been awesome. Yeah. I think you as an extrovert do a really good job of, uh, trying to understand your counterpart. No, I know. I'm probably the best husband that's ever lived. I think if there's anything <laughs> we should take away, it's that. <laughs> if, if, if we can. I think you're great. Thanks, babe. You are, you are the best husband. Babe, stop it. You're gonna make me blush. Okay. Okay. I love you. See you soon. Okay.